0: Hello, everyone out there in Twitter world. I guess we will...
1: uh, (laughs) Hello, everyone.
0: (laughs) This is the uh, writer's block and I am Jake Flukiger. I'm Brandon Morehouse.
1: (sighs) Jake, how's your week going?
0: You know, my week is going pretty well. My husband is still in Hawaii and will be until Monday. And I am thrilled that he is gone <laughs> because you know, he can he can take a breather, take a break. But at the same time, I really need him home to help me deal with our teenage daughter. <laughs> oh, the joys of a teenager! The, Always so much fun. Yeah, the joys of a teenager. <laughs> <Ooh. Yes. laughs> exactly. Sounds like a blast. Oh, Brandon, how's your week been?
1: It's been a weird week. Um, I I was off on Monday. And then I took yesterday off for Memorial Day. Um, didn't really do anything. I just kind of lounged on the couch like on Monday. Tuesday I was just I was busy, but I felt we were going back to work today because it's Wednesday and it's my Monday and it's a three day work week. So I'm not not mad about it. Just everything's compressed and I don't my schedule, my routine is off, and I don't like being off my routine. Which I am very, very aware of that Brandon,
0: just just so everybody knows, Brandon needs his routine. Like, desperately needs his routine. It helps him be a functional adult and human being. And when his routine is off, the entire world
1: basically shuts down. I mean, not the entire world, just the city but yes i mean yes i love it oh and it's so hot here like we didn't even get a spring like it's so hot like see this is probably
0: one of the the few years that i feel like in in a very long time that utah has had a spring like we've had reasonable temperatures it's been raining a lot it's really kind of weird, honestly. Kind of weird, yeah.
1: Well, I think the regions are changing with the rising, the rising ocean waters. I think that's going to have an effect on weather patterns because the oceans do determine weather patterns. So I think we're kind of starting to see that because we're we're in a drought, and we, the Midwest, cannot be in a drought at all. Like. Don't, I mean no one can be, but
0: don't you bring your science in here? This is not a science class.
1: Science this is not a science well you're you always act like the teacher so yeah, I'm
0: the teacher of, of English
1: and creative writing but oh geez. gross. I'm the teacher of anti-heroism. <laughs> <laughs> can oh, wow. you imagine like if there was like a, like a, a school like a Harry Potter style style school that's a mouthful yes it is if the, if it was just like you're going to be a writer and like you had a course like here's how you write an antihero here's how you write a hero here like and then you like that that's all it was like i got an a in antiheroism like just stuff like that i think that would be phenomenal let's uh let's set that up i feel like that would actually be kind of interesting i'm sure there's something like that out there if not i just invented a new school good on me Well, as always, this is an open discussion and if you would like to join in the conversation, hit that little mic down there in the bottom left-hand corner of your screen and you can join in. Jake, where can they listen to the show at?
0: You can listen to the show right on the block after this is over or you can listen to the show on podbean.com at Over the Writer's Block. You can also find us on most uh, platforms that stream podcasts.
2: How so exciting. there you go. It's How very exciting. exciting, and
1: we hit a new milestone this week, didn't we? We did. And what was that milestone? I don't know. What did what was the milestone? <laughs> I don't know. You told me, you dork.
0: I <laughs> did. Yeah. We are we are really close to like two hundred and fifty downloads. Oh, and then we also had um, an entire seven day stretch where we had at least one download a day, which was pretty awesome.
1: There. um that's the that's first the, time that we've that's done that's the one i was looking for so yay yay on us yay on as us. usual <laughs> well and we started this new routine and usually it's me asking jake a random question but we're gonna bounce it back and forth for every other week uh, it's my week this week i get to ask jake a random question i kind of gave him a hint um by that, I mean it was like, you're going to get asked a question. That's all. Yeah, <laughs> he did not give me a hint.
0: Let's be very clear. It's a very Brandon strange. does not give me hints on any of
1: these. These What's are the f- so
0: <sighs> random.
1: I need your authentic answer. That's why. That's why well, I, I am, need that. I am all but about like authenticity. Authentic. <laughs> so, and they, I think I'm going to get the answer at the very end. That way people listen, and then if you join in the conversation, please let me know what you think the number is. So, Jake. Yes. How many books a year does the average American read? The average American? Average American. Not you or I, like anybody in this group, like the average American. How many books do you think they read a year?
0: I hate saying this because I want to have more hope in humanity, but... It's don't, no.
1: You don't need to. (laughs) But I think it's going to be, like, two. Oh, wow, you went real low. Okay. All right. Well, I will answer that question at the end of the show. I can't even give my two cents on it because there's... And we're not going to be having any Dino Erotica chat this week, and and I'm looking at you specifically, so don't (laughs) bring that up. You mean you're insert, looking at him specifically. like specifically? <laughs> eye on that one? We're not talking about. Although I did, what did I see the other day? That was. I'm moving on. I'm not going to talk about it because it's going to. I'm going to spiral. So, yeah, let's let's stay focused right now. Focus <laughs> on the non-dino erotica. Good on you. So, Jake, what are we talking about this week?
0: We are talking about three-dimensional characters. How to write three-dimensional characters. Hmm.
1: I know nothing about this, so I don't even know the questions to ask on this one. So I'm, okay. So completely, like completely oblivious.
0: Let's try this part first, um, Brandon. If you have ever read a really flat character, could you to de- kind of describe to
1: me what that would look like? Ooh, Ooh um, I don't like a flat character. Like. Uh, I I will use comic books as a reference because I'm a big comic book person. So originally, um, kind of, Superman was a very flat character. Okay. He's very one-dimensional because he's that all-American good boy, and there's not really a whole lot of depth, and, like, he doesn't get upset. He's always just always good. Okay. Am I right on that one? Absolutely right on that one. Yes. So,
0: flat characters just really have... Um, they they are a, a one-trick pony, I guess is a way to put it. They they go through and they always do the exact same thing. They have no progression. They, they're very easy to pick out. Um, and they just... They constantly do the same things, and you know the exact same information about them all the time. So that can be um, that can be for a lot of people really boring to read. Right. I know that is shocking, um, but we don't want flat characters. Flat characters really don't do anyone any good.
1: Um, so, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so what's, that's my example of a flat character, and that's early, and people might not know that much about um, comic books. So what's a really, let's give them another example from from your perspective. Can we do that? Okay,
0: another example from my perspective. Let's see. I would, and I know this is going to be. Do it. Really? Do (laughs) it.
1: What am I gonna say, Brandon? I don't know. Just do it.
0: <laughs> I would say, and and I'm gonna probably get some some backlash on this one, but for me, am I gonna scream? I found Katniss Everdeen to be <sighs> a really flat character. You can
1: you can fucking leave. Like... Listen, here, you. <laughs> you asked for my opinion. I, I say that as I've never read the book, so I don't know. But, yeah, I've seen the movie. So that's that's the best you're going to get out of me. Uh-oh, Chris is here. Oh, shit. And,
0: <laughs> and here's the thing. Like, Katniss Everdeen is a really quality character that people can get behind and root for. Mm-hmm. Um, but Katniss Everdeen, to me... Um, didn't really have a, a lot of dimension um, I feel like she went through a lot. I feel like she had a lot of decisions to make but I don't feel like she as a person really
2: evolved that much. would forward. another one be um, oh honey
1: Twilight what's what's the girl's name from Twilight? Oh Bella Bell. Bella Bell.
3: oh yes. She yeah, was Bella Swan. <laughs> yeah, and
1: if anybody else has characters, please, because I want to give
2: really oh. good examples so we're oh, out. Oh, funny. hold on. I felt like I was summoned because I heard you were not sum- Jake no. talking some smack <laughs> about Katniss Everdeen. Um, You know, my problem <laughs> with Katniss sweat. Everdeen, my <laughs> problem with Katniss Everdeen is she follows this very cliche trope that there's a comic artist, Whose life, whose name I cannot remember for the life of me, but he did like the perfect parody of like every Katniss Everdeen s character uh, in the form of a comic, and it's basically my name is Willow Branch and I'm the chosen one. I'm exceptionally awkward, but also a master of all forms of combat. I have two guys that are pining for me. They're both attractive, and I don't know which one to choose. And it's like the breakdown of like every cliche about like young adult heroine protagonists. Um, oh, okay. is, I will see if I can find it during the course of this episode because you need to see it but I feel yeah, like it will send speak it to, to you that
0: would be awesome <laughs> Volume. Um, Speaking absolutely anybody else can speak up if you have a character that you find flat please speak up and uh, hit that little mic button tell us uh, what who the character is and why you think they're a flat character
4: everyone in Twilight cast except for the
5: cute little dark headed girl. I don't know her name.
0: Oh, um you're good.
5: Even Alice was kind of flat too. I mean she had it was a vision, it was the I'm gonna see this vision through one way or another and then prophecy come true and then repeat. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but she actually was two
5: dimensional. She was two dimensional. The others were kind
4: of they they never got out of this I don't. There wasn't any joy, any hate, any any intensity to any of them.
0: <laughs> okay, so let's take that and let's say we've talked about flat characters. Do we have some examples um, of Alice is a great one of two dimensional characters, characters that are a little bit more well rounded. They, you know, they're within reason uh, for. For a character that you can kind of get behind, that you can kind of root after, does anybody have any examples of two-dimensional
5: characters? For this one, oh. I will have to go with, um, if we're going to use the Hunger Games series again, uh, PETA. Um, okay. I think he's uh, in the two-dimensional aspect, and since that, he started off the the guy that just lo- loved the girl, gave her something, and he, he switched over to the guy who knew how to take over the show and spin it to where he needed it to go, but not to the point where he was still independent of Katniss.
0: Yeah, I will absolutely agree on that one. Agreed. Great point. Mm-hmm. I don't have any. You don't have
1: any? <laughs> not off the top of my head. I'm like, uh,
0: okay. Uh. Okay, Brandon, can you think of any two-dimensional characters in, say, Jurassic Park? <sighs> That's not even fair.
1: Like that is totally fair. That is like your favorite <clears throat> book. It it it's not my favorite book, but it's definitely one of my favorite books. I, favorite would, favorite I would I would say books. Ian Malcolm. <laughs> okay, I, why? Is, I, I knew you were gonna say that. Why would you say that? You, there's no fucking way you knew I was gonna say Ian Malcolm. No fucking way. We've never. Whatever. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I already I'm, knew it. <laughs> it. It's just how this works. I just feel like Ian. He has this like. He sees that the importance of dinosaurs and how this could be really beneficial, but then he also realizes no, this is, we should not be overstepping that boundary. Nature selected them to be extinct for a reason. Like he can see this kind of bigger picture. Absolutely. Just- okay, very nice.
0: So now comes the major question. Now that we've talked about flat characters, we've talked about some two dimensional characters. Where they are not characters that are independent in and of themselves, they rely on something a little bit more than that. Usually, a more main character. Um, what is a three-dimensional character? Anybody want to take a stab at that? Oh God, he's going to. Teach I want to
4: go Jesus. with um, an oldie but a goodie, and okay. I think most of you will here will uh, have heard of this: The Count of Monte Cristo.
0: Okay, The Uh, Count of Monte Cristo is awesome. I love that book.
4: I mean, Edmund Dantes, he was what I would call emotionally wealthy. He went from joy, love, betrayal, suffering, vengeance, all the way back around to love.
0: Okay, and why does that make him a three-dimensional character, Em?
4: I feel like it makes him a three-dimensional character because it is... Kind of hard to put in words. It's it gives him depth, something that the audience can relate to. Um, they, follow him. I mean, when he's in the prison cell and he meets preacher, you know, they they feel his like to survive inside that prison until he meets the the preacher. But then, you know, they also get to feel his his change from. Given up to vengeance.
0: Okay, cool. I like so, that example. Anybody else have an example of a 3 dimen- Oh, go ahead, M. No, I'm done. Okay. Anybody else have any examples of a three-dimensional character that they really like from literature?
2: So, real quick, um, hey Jake, you should check the comments because I, to- I posted a thing for you. Oh, and I feel yeah. Like a cackle a little bit on the inside. <laughs> Awesome, Chris. I posted tongue in cheek as someone who just wrote a young adult dystopian novel, and went right? out of my way like, to include none of those things. Chris, what is this?
0: <laughs> um, I love that. I will. Uh, we're gonna save that one for <laughs> to post later. Um, anybody else that wants to hop on, click on that that purple mic in the corner. And jump on and tell us if you have a three-dimensional character that you like from literature. Um, obviously, we that is our goal tonight is to talk about how to write these three-dimensional characters and what that actually means for you as a writer, as an author, um, and and how to not only get your main character to be a three-dimensional character, but I would like to say that we want to get all of our characters um to be three-dimensional
1: so, so, so what i'm gonna ask and this is me being the stupid kid kid in class because i'm not that much of an avid reader you are not stupid <laughs> give me a break stop it uh so we we say one-dimensional characters right but we're all naming off very well-known characters
6: it,
1: why is it important to have that three-dimensional character because like, we're saying these characters from books and that are one-dimensional, and it's like, those are well-known books. So on some level, wouldn't they work? Okay, so here's what
0: I would say to that, is that you can have a one-dimensional character, you can have a two-dimensional character, um, if and it, and it can work if you have an amazing plot. Um, character development and those characters in and of themselves... Really, the characters that you really remember and resonate with are going to be three-dimensional characters. Uh, I hope I'm saying this right. Annate? Was that right? Close,
5: close. Anayat.
0: Anayat. Thank you. I love that name. Yeah. Thank dude. you. Seriously. You're welcome. Um, go ahead.
5: Um, I think character dimensions follow based on if the author wants this the book to be plot driven or character driven. I find more one dimensional characters in stories that are trying to be plot driven, where they want the character to follow what the author wants this outline to go, wants to follow the outline strictly, rather than let the character have their growth as themselves. You're thinking. I think they're thinking outside the book into their own mind as the author rather than trying to get into the character's head and see it from their point of view. I think that's the main difference between when when the book is successful with um, a character being one-dimensional versus with a character that's three-dimensional.
0: Oh, absolutely. I will nice. totally agree with that. Um, and I love that you brought up plot and character-driven stories. Mm. And these three-dimensional characters are very much they are the center of this entire story. And yes, there is a plot to the book and yes, um, certain things for the writer had to happen, but these characters are so real. They are so authentic that you cannot have them do something that would go against their grain or their nature. And it's those types of characters that we're talking about tonight. Um, I, I, I really think that the characters that we really resonate with are the ones that have a mind of their own. As writers, we talk about, you know, I didn't I didn't know that my character was such and such, or I didn't know my character wanted to do this. They just kind of did it. And those characters
1: are so much fun to write. Now, wouldn't, it, <clears throat> wouldn't it a character making a character three dimensional wouldn't that also de- be dependent on how long the the time period is of the story like if it's only a day long story you wouldn't you don't want to push that three dimensional too much right well i think that
0: you can have that one way or the other i think that that th- three dimensional character can really be well-rounded, not because you have a massive character arc necessarily, but because you have a a character who has such unique attributes that you end up with a character-driven story, even if it's only
7: a day. You also have uh, uh, backplots and development and stuff like that. A lot of the 3D characters are you know uh, your back history what they've been through uh again like you guys said over changing arcs and stuff like that um also um you know you know emotional physical developments and um sorry i'm kind of walking to the bar from the beach nope you're just fine. Um, <laughs> i have to refill my cup um you poor darling i know th- i know poor thing you poor thing i know When you work 106 hours a week, you kind of have to take a break. Yeah, Um, absolutely. uh, So yeah, anyways, character developments and all that stuff, uh, arcs and uh, background. I mean, um, also emotional development, attachments and stuff like that. uh, Things that happen. You you are kind of right. Also, the longevity of the story of something as a day. Yeah, you're to convey a. you know, to try to convey a 3D character in a day or two days or something like that can be kind of difficult to do, but, you know, a lot more longer term in the story or whatnot. And also, um, relatability, you know, the, you know, uh, context with other, other characters and, you know, how they interact, um, will also, you know, give the life ability and, you know, kind of flesh out the character. It's all about also their background, too. How much development did they put into the character when they originally wrote it I mean do you have like an entire Bible for this person or you know um, you know and then adding detail into the story and then you know small changes over time like let's say the guy was like a complete asshole in the begin with and then you know he starts mellowing out he starts getting character growth and development over time and maybe he becomes a good guy or maybe he becomes even a worser guy or or something like that and uh um he just uh you know um it, you know it's you know it, it, plot is also a large portion of it too um you know not just on the character but you also have to have the story to go with the character and the plot and then you know your character has to have interactions and then they have to be able to grow and um change and that's the big thing for a 3d character your, your character must change from the beginning to the middle to the end um and that's that's you know and you have to be able to show that and, it, and you, you have to see it and you have to believe it and you can't force that kind of uh you can't force it on the people it's something that has to kind of come naturally Uh, in
6: your character
0: development. Okay. Please not get hit by a car. Going. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Um, I'm going to play devil's advocate for just a second, because Brian brought up an excellent topic. Are we assuming that in order to have a three-dimensional character, they have to change? Do they have to change to be that three-dimensional character? Can we have, say, a three-dimensional side character that doesn't necessarily have a large change in the book and still have them be three dimensional
8: i well. feel, yeah no i feel like not necessarily have to have change but i definitely think uh maybe just exhibit uh you know like maybe learn something new about those characters as they go along like from the reader standpoint okay a good example of this i know you guys know, like i'm a big dnd nerd um but one good example of this was the characters from My last campaign that I played with my DM, my DM's a fantastic storyteller. And we gave him our backstories, but he found ways to add those dimensions to our character. So sometimes it felt like we were literally playing through a novel, the way he tells stories.
7: Oh, I love that. And
8: one exercise, like if you guys wanted to try something maybe a little bit different, if you don't play TTRPGs, is like fill out a character sheet and figure out what this person would do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. He started us out with um, like what
8: he called the three F's, and it was flaws, flaws, friends, and family. And then uh, he gave us a couple of other things to figure out. So he had something to work with. So
0: I like that yeah. a lot. And that gives a lot of information
7: yeah. back to that. Yeah. Uh, but the ha- there's growth there also. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you have to have <laughs> growth. That you, you're just gonna get stagnant in the story, and you're just gonna have a character that just kind of mills around and does the whole oh, thing. Yeah. it's kind of like one of those video game characters in the background that just kind of does the repetitive thing, and they actually you can't really interact with them in a video game. NPCs. That, that would be that. that, would be that NPCs. Yeah, and, yeah. That's what you. That's what people call them, those NPCs yeah. or whatever. That's what you would have if you don't have growth in your character, or if you don't have at least a little bit of, you know. Um, you know, revolution of your character, having them do something. Now, all you're just going to do is have an NPC in the background. Yeah, that's going to pop up and say stuff, and, you know, you're going to get bored with that quickly. All right, looks like we have another
0: hand up.
5: Um, I slightly agree and disagree with okay. this point of view. Um, I believe um, there's the physical growth and there's a mindset growth. I believe a character can be three-dimensional while fa- following the same pathway, but internally they can have that battle, am I doing the right thing, and then like, convince themselves this is the right thing for me, I need to continue those this path. That internal struggle can also bring out a 3D aspect of them, them second-guessing themselves, second-guessing their friends, their family, but still going down the same path. Um, I think that would... That we that'd be like a stagnation in their actions, but a growth in their mindset. And I think that's also what makes them um, person three d.
0: Ooh, I love that. Yeah, yeah very true. Excellent, excellent point. Okay, so let's go ahead. Anybody else that wants to jump in and speak? Everybody is more than welcome to jump in here. Just click on that little purple mic button in the bottom left-hand corner. You're more than welcome to share opinions, thoughts, facts, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Uh, Em, go ahead.
4: I I just want to make a mention because I think that the author did it very well. And an actual character that we haven't met yet actually became 3D. Like in the first three chapters. Okay. And that was Liesel in the book Thief.
0: Oh, I, I just read that M, and that book is absolutely amazing. It's so it wonderful. Is,
4: I've read it three times. I love, and it, it like gives me goosebumps every time. But you don't even really get to meet her. It's Death reading her journal.
0: Exactly. And so you have um, you have this character that you're seeing through another perspective. And I love the fact that there can be that that ability to to show a three-dimensional character without actually, like you said, without actually knowing them.
4: And I mean, you have death itself who is also three-dimensional. So it doesn't actually have to be a person, but, and it doesn't have to be a complete growth and change type of thing, but they do have to have heart.
0: Okay, so let's dive into that a little bit more. What creates heart in a character? What do we mean by saying that this character has heart or this character is well-rounded?
4: Me, I think when I read a character like that, it's something or there's something in that character I can relate to. There's personality traits that are reflected, that are, um, they're real to me. I can feel for them. And I think those are the characters that most people who read can relate to. But you also have to understand you've got to know the audience that you're writing to. Because, you know, a three-dimensional character in one genre will be different because, you know, um, a lot of lonely people m- read romances, but they want what they ha- what they don't have. So you have to give that to them. Um, that's just one example. I'm, I'm going to shut up now. Before
1: no, I you're fine. No, no, of- no, I think it's... I, I I tend to, when I hear this, right, like I hear this, I'm listening to this conversation, it's a really great conversation, I tend to go to movies, right, because I I watched a ton of movies. Ask Jake. I'm always watching movies. I'm always watching shows. just a very is visual always person. watching
2: it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> always watching something. When I think of a three-dimensional character as input put it, and knowing that there's something you can relate to, I think of how Disney has done this like... <sighs> This kind of this era of giving us the villain's perspective, and it makes that villain more relatable. Um, and why it's not they're this villain for this story, but they're kind of like the hero in their story. So it's this big. It, am I thinking? Am I thinking this right, or am I, is that more character? I mean, like, it, I...
4: like Megamind is an excellent example of that.
1: Okay. Yes. Yes. Oh, okay.
6: I mean, Beautiful.
4: I mean, he was supposedly a villain, but, you know, even shortly through the movie, you felt for him.
1: See, I mean, I went I went straight to um, Cruella, um, given the new Cruella movie and then Malef- Maleficent. I know yeah.
4: Oh, I love Maleficent.
1: Th- those are the two I went to in my mind initially as you said that. And I was like, OK, that watching their story kind of their backstory of why they did what they did and like their main there that made them the villain made sense and you're like okay i could see how that would i could relate to that like that makes sense now
4: yeah i mean that's absolutely how some of these authors can create characters that are not even human i mean there are houses that are characters um
0: like in like in monster house like
2: yeah, that I
0: mean... that house is a total character in and of itself and you have to look at that character and you say oh my gosh that's a three-dimensional character they can stand on their own Foundations, since they don't have feet. Um, and
4: we're not. I'm not saying <laughs> that all characters have to be three dimensional. Because my God, if you think of the Harry Potter series, if she'd made every single one of those characters three dimensional, they would be hundreds of thousands of pages long.
0: <laughs> yep, absolutely. There
4: are. There is a need for the one dimensional. There is a need for the two dimensional. But if you have a, a character-driven story, you're going to have to have someone in there who gives depth to their story.
1: Right. Yeah. Okay. I want to get uh, Lindsay. Let's go to Lindsay first. Yep. Cuz she had her hand up.
8: I was just going to go back to the heart thing about uh whenever anybody ever mentions heart, the first character I always think of and it's probably cliché as hell is Samwise Gamgee. Yeah. Because I love Lord of the Rings. I love Frodo, but my absolute favorite character is Samwise Gamgee because I see myself in him. Me too. And I, I love absolutely him. love him.
0: <laughs> I uh, Sam is an incredible and I feel an incredible three-dimensional character. And in a lot of ways I I think he is the speci- specifically the hero of the story. Um which, which I love that we have this side character that is, in a lot of ways, more three-dimensional than our main character.
2: Well, let's go to Chris next. Perfect. this is, I have to do this, and then I have to dip back. Uh, so real quick, I want to uh, kind of double back on the comment about, like, the house and Monster House being a character. Uh, the weird thing is, like, there are novels and other media out there where the environment itself is as much a character as any other person in the story. Um, Just through like the descriptor and like the history that like a location can hold, for example, Um, I forget a lot of the detail, but like my brain went to the house in Wuthering Heights, for example, like the house itself is in its own way, like a character in that book. Um, Or if you've ever played uh, the Bioshock video game, um, the ocean that surrounds the city uh feels in itself almost like a character as you're moving through the game because it's this always present force that's just kind of always there and has almost like a life of its own um and you never interact with it but like you can't not feel like it's there um so not every character is like an actual like named entity that you interact with sometimes the world itself or like some aspect of the world can itself be a character in a story
0: Absolutely. Thanks, Chris. Bye, guys.
6: Bye, Chris. Bye. All right. Uh, Brian. So I'm going to describe a character to you, and I want you to guess who it is. Um, okay. This person has worked his entire life to develop a future for his family. But unfortunately, his son has turned his back on him and does not want anything to do with the family business whatsoever. This disappointment leads to a clash between the two personalities. A clash that almost ends in death for both of them. Which character am I talking about? Silver Surfer? Uh, Perhaps. Perhaps this is a bigger trope than I thought it was. But I was specifically referring to Darth Vader. (laughs) And
5: <laughs> I was gonna say Anakin.
6: <laughs> yeah
5: <laughs> I was waiting. <laughs>
6: uh, That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> this, this, uh, this example uh, comes up off a lot in in different nonfiction classes that I that I sit in on. And the whole point for that example is just to, to even as a nonfiction writer, I have to make some aspect of the villains within my life. I have to make some aspect of them uh, you know, Understandable. Like, why on earth would I be involved in this person with this person in the first place, if they were simply evil, right, or simply manipulated? There had to be something else that brought that connection. And the same is true for, uh, you know, abusive parents. You, if as a child with abusive parents, you don't know better. There is, there are reasons why you stay. That you, you don't know that there are options to get away. Um, and the, you know, you as a writer, it is. I think it's, it's far more interesting to, to find those connections to people that, you know, the villains in our stories, um, that we, you know, um, there's nothing redeemable whatsoever about Voldemort whatsoever. He has, has no connections to, to any of the people, except for the fact that he's, you know, oh, a pathetic orphan. Well, you know, um, (laughs) that's not new, um, and that's a, that's a, yeah, a badly worked trope and I won't go further into, uh, the, the, the <laughs> author who must not be named, but, but yes, um, <laughs> but anyway, um, so that's, yeah, that was, that's all I wanted to say about that. So. Perfect. Thank you, Brian. Uh, Jim, did you want to hop
0: on?
1: Uh, yes, I see Kathleen uh, ori Senora is here, and I've just finished her book, The Other Side of the Wall: Unbreakable. And in her book, there are, you're talking about 3D characters. Uh, there's one main character, of course, herself, telling the story. Uh, however, she has 17, as if I read it correctly, 17 sub-characters that are in this main character's mind. And the different aspects that each character brings out is just fascinating to me. So, well done,
7: Kathleen, and I've enjoyed your book.
0: That is awesome, Jim. Thank you for that. Kathleen, how do you feel about oh, that? Well,
3: thank you, Jim, very much. Um, very touched that you uh, liked my 17 characters um, and that you made it through the book. Um So I appreciate you doing that. Um, And the other thing I wanted to mention was um, I was really just listening about the 3D uh, characters and didn't feel like I had anything to offer except for the fact that um, the kind of books that I really like are books where the characters I can't forget. And there's one author, um, the only series I've ever read in my life was the Bear Town series by uh, Frederick um, Bachman. And all his characters, like I had to take a week off uh, from reading just because I was still in their lives of those characters. So I think those characters must have been 3D or, uh, or he's just a really good Character writer, uh, because I was always just so amazed by the depth, uh, or, or like how I wanted to know these people.
0: Absolutely, um, Kathleen. Are there? Pick one of those characters, and what made that character so memorable?
3: Uh, well, uh, the one of the young girl characters. Um, She and I did have something in common, um, and that was sexual assault, but um, and the way her family, like her parents, uh, how they supported her, and there was so much emotion uh, around that whole family because of what had happened and the whole community was involved and um so i was really drawn to that because of my own personal history but i've read many more of his books and i've i don't know there was just so much these people there was always a backstory. You got to, and you didn't get the whole backstory jammed down your throat in the first chapter, like.
0: Well, I'm glad they did not give you an information dump. That <laughs> I was going to say awesome.
3: that's called <laughs> an info dump, but. but and they they didn't though, and you learned all about them, which kept me reading and reading because I wanted to know more and more about them. And he did that so well, and at the end of the third book of the series, he did tie it together. At me and my puddle of tears on the couch you know it was um just i don't know i the only character i've ever written about are my you know because i was a memoir book were the characters involved in my experience so i i don't know i felt like i was really learning from this conversation uh so i really appreciate that i love that kathleen
0: Um, Okay, so let's dive into this just a little bit more. We have these characters that we as writers are trying to write. We have characters that have backstories, that have progression, that have um, the it factor, so to speak, that maybe we can't put our finger on. Um, It's that something about these characters that really resonates either with readers or resonates as uh something just that is completely memorable. So how do we do that as a writer? How do we get all of that onto the page? Brandon, what do you think about that? You son of
1: a bitch. (laughs) Oh God.
0: Like you knew it was gonna happen. I knew it was
1: coming and I was like, I'm trying to think of an answer. I'm like, I have I'm just sitting here listening because I'm taking it all in, and I'm like, "This is all really good." I have no idea, like, how do you get that on the paper?
0: <laughs> okay, and I love, the, and I love the fact that you just answered it with the exact same question. You kind of said, "I don't know." I have because no idea. This. So here's my point in in asking you that, Brandon, and kind of putting you on the spot was, it has to be something that works for you Both as a writer as an writer author. What take to
5: make a three dimensional um, character?
0: There are Ooh, people that um, fill out like uh, something mentioned earlier, thinking character thinking sheets. About... You can go online and find character sheets for your characters. You can talk about you know their favorite color and where they like to shop and um, you know. F- Family and friends and you can have this entire character mapped out um, If you decide to use character sheets You can be a total pantser about it and you can say you know what this character is going to teach me as I go along What they are who they are uh, What resonates with them? Um, finding a way to interact and speak with your characters is kind of something that you have to learn to do on an individual basis. Yes, there are things that are classic um, that that every writer uses to say, hey, this is a, a well-rounded three-dimensional character. But at the end of the day, that character and you have to kind of sit down and have a conversation and say, you know, this is the direction that I, as a character, would like to go. Um, and when you hit those
1: moments, it is absolutely fantastic. I just see, like, you say that and you're describing it, right? And I'm like, I just see you sitting down with, like, a cup of tea and your half glasses, right? And you're like, yeah, listen, <laughs> yeah. listen. At, at, like, the tea, at, like, the dinner table with your book or your work in progress, and you're like, listen. <laughs> this is where I need you to go. <laughs> like, I just, okay, like, so having like a full-on conversation. Like, I know that's not what you meant, but that's just how I imagined it. Well, in a certain way,
0: it is what I meant because honestly, I have conversations with my characters all the time and half the time it's like, are you freaking kidding me? You want to do that? This was not even remotely close to what we talked about. And they're li- they they just, you know, they they say, well, this is me. This is what I'm going to do. This is the decision that I'm making in this situation. Do you, um,
1: do you talk to those voices very often? Oh, every day. <laughs> every day. <So> they <laughs> answer do back. Do
4: <laughs> oh, they <I've> absolutely. <laughs> i got you on that, Jake.
1: <laughs> they absolutely
0: answer back. Absolutely and you know what happens
4: <laughs> when you take them in a direction they do not want to go?
1: Your story stops.
4: It stops completely stunned
1: so so to go full circle it's like a teenager
4: yes nice
6: okay yes, full circle on that one
4: out here on my back porch and, you know, if my son or husband hears me talking, they just roll their eyes and walk away. <coughs> I'm literally sitting here going, okay, so this isn't working for you. What
0: would? And and it's asking those questions, though, to your characters. Like, if your plot isn't working, if, if your story has stalled out, there's probably a reason why. And a lot of times it's because you are trying to fit a square peg into a round hole you're you're
4: trying to put your ideas on them then they don't want to go
0: absolutely (laughs) that is that is what we're talking about brandon so if you are not having conversations with your characters don't no we're
4: not crazy (laughs) well maybe a little
1: I was going to say I, wrong gro- <laughs> wrong group to be like we're not crazy. <laughs> You're having conversations with like full-on conversations with the artificial characters.
0: Like I'm, as as writers, we can all be considered crazy. We <laughs> it's just what a, we do. On a certain level, right? Like <laughs> yeah. Um but Brandon, you better start talking to your characters. No, I no. No.
1: <laughs> no. We'll, okay. We'll see. Pardon. And
0: here's, we'll see. here's the
5: least...
1: Go ahead, M. Oh, I think we lost
0: them. I think we lost them for a second. Okay, Brandon, the big thing is, is that the way that you interact with your characters works for you. And it might not work for me. I absolutely right. have to know where my characters are at and what they're doing. And we have to have conversations about what happens next in the book um, and where they're going to go with things. And they tell me when I'm absolutely wrong. Um, and that works for me. But that doesn't work for everybody. So when you are writing three-dimensional characters, figure out what works for you.
4: And maybe Can you hear me yet?
0: Yeah, yes. now we can hear you, Em.
4: I said, but maybe your character doesn't have to be three-dimensional. I mean, look at yeah. Jack Reacher. Jack Reacher is completely a two-dimensional character. Right. He, he, his stories are plot-driven.
6: And so because they're plot-driven... He does not have to be. Yeah
0: he doesn't have to be a three-dimensional character because that plot really grounds the story and drives it forward. And uh, the- a
4: lot of action, high action, you know, stories are with, you know, either flat or two-dimensional characters because that's not where the focus is.
1: Right.
0: And again, like what um, you're, in, like you're, you're implying, is that you don't have to have a three-dimensional character. You can write a three-dimensional character for certain stories. Other stories, it might not work. You're I like to
4: think of it as you're, those writers are writing a three-dimensional world story. around that character.
0: Yeah, they're writing a three-dimensional story around the character. So everything has to be three-dimensional, folks. That's what we're going for at least one piece of your story has to be three-dimensional. It has to be tangible to that reader because they need to be either invested and involved and enveloped in the character or they need to be invested in the plot um, to really have a successful story. I think it is something to strive for, though, to... See if you can write a flat character. See if you can write a two-dimensional character and a three-dimensional character um, to, to expand your horizons as an author.
1: I mean, why would you want to do that? Why would you I, want I to do I say that jokingly. I'm joking. Not I'm not serious <laughs> at all. <laughs> I know you're not.
0: <laughs> the big thing is, though, is that there, there's so, there are so many great writers out there, and like we were, we were kind of uh, poking a little bit of fun at um, Stephanie Meyer earlier with with Twilight. Um, I secretly love those books. Um, of course, you well, would. It's one of the first things that that my husband and I did as I read them out loud while we were driving down to pick up our kids. On weekends and stuff, and um, those books have a special place for me. And it's not that they are phenomenally written, but they are characters that have stayed with me, um, because they have something in them that resonates with me. Right, and that, that's that's where we as writers are aiming for. That's what we're we're trying to get is is a is a book. That has either a story or a character that is so three dimensional or so
1: impactful that we cannot get our readers to forget them. See, you're more you're more like a you're Twilight, which doesn't shock me, right? Listen here yo. I'm more like Buffy. I okay. Would, I okay. would take Buffy over Twilight any day of the week. Like I Great show. Amazing show. But it's not a book, so that's, and that's okay.
0: It's all <laughs> again. Right. I'm a visual person, like, <laughs> and we love that you're a visual person because it absolutely resonates with your writing. You you have a very visual style to your writing um, that just keeps getting better and better. So, well, Brandon, oh, at the very beginning, you had talked to us about how many books does the average American read.
2: Oh we let's, are at that time. Oh
1: my gosh. Let's let's chat about that for a second. Well I wanna I like you said too. I'm interested to see what anybody what does everybody else think. If you wanna take a guess Anybody no, who's a
0: speaker, jump in here, say how many books the average American reads in a in a year. If you're just listening, go ahead and you can mark those down in the comments. One point <laughs> 3.
6: three. One point three.
0: One point three. Okay. I
8: Brian, say about five.
1: Five point three. Six. About five. Or I'm why don't we just
8: do a countdown three?
1: <laughs> 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 I I will say this. Somebody has it correct. Ooh, very nice. Somebody's got it correct. The answer is four. Yeah. Ooh. America only reads four books a year. So
4: that's so sad.
1: That's M. That's so sad. <laughs> like,
4: I'm
5: glad I got it right, but wow. <laughs>
1: yes. So I, was, I congratulations on that. I was actually shocked when I read that, but I was like, oh. Um, well, that puts kind of things in a different perspective of how do we market our books, right? Brendan, Which... I'm pretty sure that we
0: have this wonderful marketing guru. Uh, who, guru who is, who is
1: a strong term. <laughs> <laughs> Listen here, I can, a call you a guru.
6: Term.
0: I can call you a guru if I want to. So for anybody that has not heard one of... Um, my wonderful friend Brandon's um, marketing shows, one of his podca- one of our podcasts that has to do with marketing. They are absolutely wonderful. And I believe, Brandon, that we have another one coming up.
1: That is actually our topic for next week. We're gonna awesome. The first of every month we're gonna talk about marketing um, and we're gonna kind of change it depending on the season, what's going on and so on and so forth. So this next week, we're going to be talking about summer marketing, and we're going to come up with ideas and um, ways to go about selling your book in ways that are really unique for summertime. So if you have ideas, let us know. Bring Come with ideas and questions and so on and so forth. All right.
0: Before we totally completely wrap up, I just want to open – the door to anybody and of course anybody who is listening can totally jump on just click that little purple mic button in the bottom left um and you can share with us or you can go ahead and write in the the uh, comments in the chat um and what i would like to know is are there any questions comments or concerns about 3d characters
1: brandon what Why are you picking on me? I am not picking on you. Give me a break. You're totally picking on me. yours. do so (laughs) Why? That's his job. job. I'm the co-host. It's fine. You can pick on me. Oh, give me a break. We are both (laughs) (laughs) co-hosts. Do not even start with me. (laughs) Pity (laughs) me, party of one. Pity me, party of one. Yep, something like that.
0: (laughs) I think... I think we've covered a lot of great things. Obviously, if you have any questions or anything, feel free to reach out to Brandon or I. Um, One last thing that I would like to add is that if you are concerned that you are not writing a three-dimensional character, make sure that you reach out to somebody in the writing community, get a beta reader, get, get somebody who can be a critique partner and kind of... Send them, send them a, a chapter, send them a page, send them something, and get some feedback from other people that are writers or other people that are readers, and let them kind of help you understand if your character is resonating as strongly as you feel like it is.
1: Yes, and don't forget to. What Whoa, M, was... was that you? <laughs>
5: I don't you know what just happened.
0: Yes. <laughs> okay. Oh, she uh, crap. She's got, not, got the soundboard. I figured
4: out what these sounds were for.
8: <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs>
7: oh, my God. I was
8: like, what is the drum roll for, man? I was getting really excited. Was there like, <laughs> a new announcement? Somebody going to tell a
1: joke? I know. I was like, Jake's going to announce something bad."
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and there's our laugh track. Thank oh. you, Brian. That was <laughs> Oh, a, oh I my God, Brian! That gosh. was Brian. That was Brian. Right yes, I can see that being Brian. <laughs> that was
0: marvelous. Oh <laughs> my gosh! And if I'm you, dying.
1: <laughs> if, if you want to listen to any of our previous podcasts, go on Podbean, and we all of them are uploaded there. Don't forget to like, and comment, and follow us on there as well for our latest episodes. Other than that, Jake, I think we are out of time. Yeah, we
0: we are going to have to wrap up here in just a second. I really hope to see you all next week. It was
1: marvelous to ha- see some new faces. She is so- going to have so much fun with this. I might have to ban him from using that mind- that soundboard the soundboard <laughs> we might have to ban everybody <laughs> that's damn it brian
4: <laughs> <laughs> this has been a really fun show
0: <laughs> again like i said it was so nice to see so many new faces please come join us again it's every wednesday 7 p.m central time
1: yes thank you everyone for a great episode great discussion and we will see you all next week see you next week Good night. I'm
0: like, hey. a...